Hey, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk Radio for our third installment of The Man Behind the Badge. Mark Hill running for sheriff of Otago County. And we're just four days away, everyone. May the 24th, Otago County Sheriff's Elections. Vote Mark Harold. Not only does he have the experience, he has the leadership, and he is ready to put boots on the ground and run with it. So, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great today, uh, David. Glad to be able to sit down and talk to you. It's been quite busy the last couple of weeks, and, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to be out here, you know, trying to serve the people of Otago County, and uh, I've been trying to be everywhere I could be um, the last ooh, almost two years now, so everybody could get out and meet me and, and uh, understand what I'm running for. Um, I also like to, you know, I like for people to remember our men and women in law enforcement. This week is, uh, you know, police week. And uh, just wanted to share Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacekeepers for they shall be called the children of God. So, you know, if you see law enforcement officers out, you know, please, uh, you know, shake their hand, tell them how much you appreciate what they do. Um, sometimes this is a thankless job. So, you know, I just want everybody to know that we're out here and we have a servant's heart and that's what we're out here to do. And, um, I'm just, I'm blessed to be in the position I am with the private police department working for such a great agency. So how's everything going with you and this week and, you know, it's been a rough week for me, honestly, but, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I don't take off and I don't, you know, I don't stop. Um, you know, I fell a couple of weeks ago and uh-huh. still getting over that. And on top of uh, pulled muscles, uh, got a cold. But, you know, like I said, it's not going to stop me because the people, all human beings and all people that are in need, I'm going to do everything that I can for them. And, you know, just as you, I think anybody that helps others has that servant's heart. And I think that that's something that's a not really talked about thing, even in law enforcement. And, you know, not only did we have the law enforcement uh, appreciation week, we also had this week of the special Olympics law enforcement torch run through Alabama. And that's a great thing. It is. It is. And, you know, Mark, the key to success in having law enforcement activities um, is having your law enforcement groups out in the public size. You know, City Fest in Prattville was awesome. Yes, Um, it was. That was a great, great time. I enjoyed that. It is. And I love the way that Prattville sets up a lot of the events for the communities. The 4th of July is coming up. They have all these events. They'll have the parade that morning. And, you yeah, know, we got Creekside concerts. There's, there's yeah. something, there's something that, uh, the city of Prattville constantly does. And, you know, I've been very fortunate as a, at one point during my career for several years, I was a, the law enforcement liaison for uh, special events and stuff. So I was able to set up those events and, uh, make sure that we had enough law enforcement personnel to be able to cover those events, which got me out into the community. You know, it's not only 
those events, so, you know, I did the football games for Prattville High School, made sure that the security was there for that. Um, we, we just get, in Prattville and Otago County, we got such a great community and uh, such a close community. And, uh, man, I tell you, serving a community like Otago County and in the city of Prattville is, I mean, I wish more law enforcement officers throughout the country could have a, a such a supportive outreach with their community and stuff. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough with the city of Prattville to be able to do that for so many years. Yeah. I just love the fact that law enforcement has those activities and, you know, that goes back to leadership of putting together, you know, coffee with a deputy at different restaurants and different places to open up to the community so they can ask questions, get to know and be personal. Um, of course, Special Olympics, anything dealing with nonprofits and others that are helping from mental health to uh, school and cops and city yeah. fest and events, you know, it's important to be out in the community because, you know, not only is it, it's really good to be seen, people don't realize that if you get to know your community, they'll end up coming to talk to you and you can solve cases by just listening and being nice to others. That's right. I mean, community service, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and act like that. I've always done it, you know, in, in my community and stuff. I mean, I got a wonderful wife who has a, the biggest heart ever. And uh, she's all the time involved in community organizations and, and she's gotten me into it. You know, we're, we're foster parents and man, mm -hmm. that was, that was a blessing doing that. And uh, I'm an adopted parent. Um, so, you know, getting into the community, I mean, it's, it's the, you don't want to never toot your horn, you know, in law enforcement, because, you know, that's not what we're do. We do. But, uh, you know, I, just just during this time that I've been blessed to be able to run for a tall county sheriff has been just eye-opening and, and, and great. I mean, I've gotten involved with the Field of Dreams. And, man, yes. I tell you what, the, working with those kids are the best. You know, I, I, I've actually made friends with some of these kids and stuff, and they, and they talk to me, and, and uh, they tell me they – they constantly text me and, you know, and ask me how I'm doing. And, and it's been the greatest thing. It's, these kids are the, and they're, they're the, they're the best part of our community. And that's something that I want to bring to the sheriff's department is get, you know, the sheriff's department law enforcement more involved with these kids. And, it, you know, we've done, me and my wife, we've done events, you know, um, for families and stuff. You know, it's not only at the Christmas time where you get, toys and stuff for kids during Christmas time that are in need. But, uh, you know, we've held games and stuff for mm -hmm. families that are in need. Um, and it's, it's heartwarming, warming. Um, it's something that I've always, you know, had in the back of my mind. I've wanted to do, I, I've, I really, really enjoy being out here in the community. And I think that's something that, more law enforcement needs to be involved with like the torch run that you were talking yes, about yes. these kids out at field of dreams. Um, 
I mean, it's not only that, it's, it's, it's your elderly people that are in uh, nursing homes and stuff. They need, they need some attention too, you know, and, yes. you know, I, I want to bring so many community events to the sheriff's department and, and do it constantly while I'm in office. Um, I want to do things all the time. I mean, there's wounded warriors out here that mm-hmm. in our community that, you know, we could do stuff for, whether it's a, fishing tournament or you know a hunting trip or something there you know there's so many people in need in Otago County even even tight-knit as we are that uh there's so much we could do and and I see the need and uh that's something that I would love to do through the sheriff's department because that would be not only fun for me and get me out in the community talking to more people and stuff and, and understanding what security needs we need in the county. But uh, it shows these families and these kids that, um, you know, that we're not the bad, we're not the bad ones that you see on the news and what what's portrayed of police officers. You know, we had, when I was growing up, we had so much respect for our police officers um, and that's one of the things that drew me to being a police officer was, uh, seeing them in our community and getting involved. And, uh, you know, we've gotten away from that. And I think that's something more that we could do. It's fun for the, you know, not only for police officers, um, being in the community and doing community events and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's fun for everybody. And it, you know, we got to do, we got to get back to some aspects of what law enforcement used to be. Well, absolutely. And and people don't realize this. And, and me and Sean talk about this a lot. And I've talked to younger officers, you know, that 21 to 26 year of age officer that when you interact with kids, whether it's the junior high kids or high school kids, and you, you come off really positive and really want to listen to what they have to say. Those kids will remember you when they're 40. That's right. And and And, and they really do. And they'll always know, like, with this officer, Jones, he was super nice to me. Um, He listened to me. He actually had a, you know, he actually cared about what was going on in the situation. And he'll always remember that. And that helps build character with these kids, too. That's right. I mean, 22 years of law enforcement, I'm, I'm seeing kids, I've watched kids grow up in families and stuff that I've dealt with. And, um, I'm seeing them as young, young adults now. And, uh, that's been the greatest thing for me because, you know, the way I treated people when I was in law enforcement, um, that's the reason that a lot of people within the, you know, the community of Otago County, I've never been that one that, that law enforcement officer that shakes my hand and say, Hey, look at me, look at all this good stuff that I do and stuff like that. That's why they don't realize exactly who I am. And that's the reason I'm glad I'm been able to get out here and do stuff like this and, and, and let everybody know who I am and, and what I stand for. But, uh, these kids that, that I've dealt with and, and, you know, for so long one aspect that i did you know was working in k9 and everybody loves a k9 at police dogs and uh, i got i got to do a lot of community events you know with uh with my police k9 that i had for so long 
and uh, he, he brought a lot of attention, you know, to the police department, and I got to do a lot of stuff. So that was that was absolutely great. I I really enjoyed that going to you know daycares and nursing homes and uh, doing demonstrations with my mm-hmm. police canine and uh, and you know it, this has always been more than just a job to me. I've enjoyed my twenty two years coming to work and getting up and going to work and doing things. And uh, we got to get more back to the community aspect of yes. well that's what b- builds the bridges between law enforcement and communities is getting out in the public being seen being approachable and also listening to everybody you have to be a good listener and people will tell on, on other people if you'll listen that's right um, it's, corn, it's corn how you treat them correct you know um i mean if that that was one aspect of when I when I first uh, announced that I was going to run is uh, some people I mean some great guys now um, who weren't weren't so good guys back then that sold dope in our community and stuff I treated those guys fair they went off to prison yes. I treated those guys with the utmost respect I didn't ever talk down to them. And um, those were some of the first guys that called me up and said, hey, man, you know, you treated us, you treated me great when I mm-hmm. when I was going through what I was doing, you know, with drugs or alcohol or dealing drugs and stuff like that. And they said, we got you. We got you, Mark. We know that you're, uh, you'll do the right thing and you treat people fair. And, uh, you know, that means a lot more to me knowing that I treated people fair and they had enough courage to call me up and tell me when I when I first announced that I was going to run that that they got my back and they'll they'll let everybody know what type of person I am. And uh, I tell you, I, I've developed relationships with these guys um, outside of that, and we we've had conversations about dealing with these young young men that are growing up now yep. and broken homes with no no fathers. You know, and, and that's something else we could do as a sheriff's department is have have one of these uh, have one of these things where the you know you get a group of young guys that are going down the wrong path, and you treat you teach them different aspects of being a man. You know, changing attire, changing oil, um, treating you know their parents with respect. You mm-hmm. know, give them some kind of outlook of discipline and you know not all, all of them is gonna fall in line and and do what you know do what they're supposed to do but you could give them a foundation of what they should do and um that, you know that's something i've talked to these guys that you know guys that i i previously arrested that uh still have a respect for me because of the way I treated them. And, and that's what they've talked about is doing something in the community to get these guys off the street. You know, you look at what's going on in a toggle right now with the shootings and uh, killings that are going on. You'll never, never stop that. But I mean, you can be out in the community and uh, man, helping these guys out that, you know, and, let them know that you're there, there for them, and they're not just, you know, stuck, stuck away, you know, and they're trash or, or anything like that, you know. That's Absolutely. What I and, and 
you know, you talk about that. All right, so they understood from a good law enforcement officer that has great integrity, that's doing it for the right reasons, that's trying to make a difference. They understand that because, look, they understand you're doing your job. So, so you were nice to them. Look, it is what it is. They do their time. They get back out. And, and if, and this is just from people that I know that's been doing this for a long time, they will rehabilitate themselves. Believe it or not, they will come out and try to do better. Well, you got to talk, you got to talk to them when you arrest these people and say, Hey, there's a better way. There's a better way that you can, you can get out here and, and be a, um, you know, a, a good citizen and, and do the right thing. I mean, with their experiences of going to prison, um, and, and going down that wrong path, they, who better to speak to these young kids about changing their lives around, you know, yes. if, I, if I was to get up there as a law enforcement officer, I can tell them what, you know, what's going to happen to them if they do this. But, you know, I, I haven't been in that position. Thank goodness. You know, I, I chose a different path and we all choose, choose a different path in our lives. And, um, uh, because I've had family members that's wound up in jail and and drugs and everything else. I mean, we're not we're not immune to that neither. So, uh, you know, we got to we got to steer these younger guys and these younger people in a different direction. And uh, you got you got to be part of the community. You can't just yes. sit, you can't sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. You got to have the energy and. Uh, the motivation to do it and um that's that's what i want to do i think i've got that energy and that motivation to to be out in the community constantly uh helping people out and and also the key and i talk about this a lot to different departments the key is for your officers to know what resources your city or county has there are hundreds of free resources that law enforcement can use to not only educate the citizens and also as you're teaching, you know, you're, you're, you're being that law enforcement officer, but you're being a counselor, a father figure, you're trying to fix a problem, but there's so many resources out here for mental health, teen suicide, bullying, you know, uh, Everything you could possibly think of, domestic violence shelters, there's all these resources. They're absolutely free. And if you, your, your officers don't know that, that, that to me, that's a problem because they could use that tool that's free to offer it to somebody else to make sure that, hey, that person is going to go, wow, Officer Davis here. Uh, got me in touch with the Sunshine Center in Montgomery, mm-hmm. and they're going to get me help. And they'll always remember that, and they'll get out of a bad situation because, one, that officer was listening, and then being in the community, being seen, and offering those services. Yeah, and you got to have you got to have a, a a good police force or, or good deputies that are out there that's just not going through the motions of answering a call and 
oh lord i gotta go here and, and take another report you gotta have good discipline officers and deputies out on the road that that are um that will take that time to uh to find out exactly what's going on and 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 get those people to in the right direction and get them the help that they want you know you can't have you can't have somebody out here that's uh retired on duty um that's not willing to help somebody out because they're just drawing a paycheck you know you you got to have those you got to retain those good deputies you gotta you gotta look at your community and young people get them involved in in law enforcement and uh make them want to become a law enforcement officer so you can get people from your community within Tauga County or wherever. So when they, when they become law enforcement officers, they know people in the community, they know where they need to go to look for certain things. And, you know, they got something that, you know, they want to be here to protect their community, protect their families just as well as I do. And also you talk about that when you, talk to these young people wanting them to be involved in law enforcement and maybe choosing that career, you know, at a high school. Um, that goes back to recruiting, like a recruiting division, whether it's an a explorer program for, I think they run what, 13 to 18. And then uh, 21 year olds can be reserves and basically use that as a feeder program. I've always believed in that. I've all I've seen it work to where yes. basically you can come reserve, you get some training, you get to see if this is something that you really want to pursue. And there's, you know, there's all these outlets for these young people to have careers and yes. it takes strong leadership and it takes people that care enough to get these programs going. And it goes back to, again, this is free stuff. It's not going to cost. It's not really a costly um, thing that you think it's going to cost millions of dollars, and it's not. No. But but it's a great farming program. It's a great uh, program for you to see these kids grow up. And then they're, when they're 21, you already know what kind of law enforcement officer they're going to be. That's right. Uh, you, know, you know if they're, you know, you know, Basically, they're, if it's a kid in your community, you know their families, or you yes. should know their families. And, uh, you know, whether they come from a bad home life or not, you know that kid and know, you know, what type of character that kid is. Um, we got to get back to the community level of, of law enforcement. And um, Prattville does a great job of it. And, you know, I see it every day. I'm not in that that division but uh you got to be out there in the community talking to these kids i mean you got to get on these parents and stuff too when they, you walk in there and they say you better behave they're going to arrest you well that's that's the worst thing that you could tell a kid it is it's the worst thing that you know that we have to look at the parents and say no ma'am i'm not going to arrest your kid for being bad i mean i'm not i'm not their parent it's funny and it's funny to the parent and stuff like that. But, uh, in law enforcement, a lot of us don't find that as being too funny because, no. you know, that puts a, a seed in the back of the kid's head that 
that's what we're here to do is arrest bad kids and stuff like that. I don't like it, but, uh, well, well, it also goes back to when that kid, as he's growing up, let's say he's 10 or 11. If he, if he thinks that from his, what his mother said, when he's 16 or 17 in high school and really needs to do some outreach and it takes law enforcement, he's not going to, he's not going to, um, contact you. Yeah. That's exactly because right. he, and, and you know, America's done that, and, but yep. building that bridge back with community and law enforcement, it's easy to do. You, you have to have a good heart for it. And, you know, I think you're absolutely the perfect leader for Otago County. And there was one other thing I wanted to ask you too. What's one of your absolute favorite things about Otago County that really stands out with you? Well, I've never policed in another city or county. You know, I've stuck with it. I've never, I've never left my guys behind or anything like that at, at the police department. Um, you know, the one aspect of Otago County and serving in the city of Prattville has been its people. And it's been its people from, from day one. Um, I love the people of Otago County. They've always treated uh, me and my family fair. The city of Prattville, the, the leadership in the city of Prattville's done what they could to, you know, make sure that we've got a, a good livable wage that we can, uh, I can raise my family the way I have. Um, you know, you're not going to get rich being in law enforcement, but, you know, those those are people out there protecting and serving, and the city of Prattville's done a, a excellent job, in my opinion, you know, making sure that we're getting paid pretty pretty equivalent to other jurisdictions within our area. Um, but the people of Otago County, I'd say, is the, has been far the best people to serve. I mean, no matter where we go, what neighborhood we go in, we've got support in those neighborhoods. And, you know, it's, it's been a blessing to me to be able to work for as long as I have with the city of Prattville and the people of Otago County. You know, when I say when, I'm not just serving the people in in Prattville, um, when I'm working for the city of Prattville, I've got a people from Otago County that's always in a you know in Prattville that I get to interact with on a daily basis. So, you know, the, I, I'm proud to say that I'm a Prattville police officer. Yes, and Prattville PD has really grown, and y'all do y'all have one of the finest pay scales, you know in central Alabama. And that was something else we brought up in the first show to, to obtain really good deputies and to keep them there and to keep them happy. You have to give them a fair wage. Yes, you do. You know, that's something that you got to work with your County commission, your city councilman. Um, you're not always going to get exactly what you want, and, but you, you got, I mean, every family should have a budget and, a, and you know, you got to work within that budget and you got to figure out, you got to be creative in your ways of figuring out how to, to save money. So maybe the next budget session, you can, 
you can add more deputies or add more police officers or add, uh, increase the pay. It's, it's a continuous thing that you constantly got to be doing and you got to constantly not think about, you know, that, that they're intending to hurt you. They're, that The county commission, the city councilman that you're having to deal with, they, they got to make sure that they work within their budget or the money that they have coming in. So, you know, it's not a, it's not that they don't want their community safe or anything like that. It's just, you know, you got to work within what you got. Um, so you, you got to figure out, you got to be creative in your ways of bringing in money um, to any department and uh, saving, saving money, money. So you might be able to get it back the next year to, put toward a salary or something like that or increase your you know or get a better piece of equipment that you might need and we don't know where the government's going to go from this month to next year you know gas prices are on the rise um things are changing from a federal level um it takes proper leadership and planning because that will affect law enforcement across the united states which gas prices have already um yes. Let me ask you something hypothetically. And I've seen the Otago County budget. And let's just say that there was no funds. You really couldn't do anything but what you're doing. And I know you're really big with training. Training super important. And training for anybody's craft. It don't matter if you're a cook, a nurse, police officer, teacher, whatever you do, you have to always educate yourself in your craft. CU hours are very important. Uh, most of them are free, and you should take opportunities to do that. If you didn't have a budget to train your deputies, do you know of ways that you could train them or, or use different, uh, whether it's organizations or different things to get the training for your deputies? There, there's so many aspects to that that i mean we could talk for days and days about the training aspect of it and not having a budget to be able to do it mm -hmm. um first of all you know what's very important that in my opinion is having a training facility with a classroom uh that you could bring in deputies to to be able to to train um one thing i thought about you know is is a way of saving money there's so many people so many resources out there from not only veterans military but retired law enforcement uh officers or that's been in you know cities and counties and federal level state and all that and we have a ton of them in otago county because they moved to otago county because they know that we have a you know you know, especially in the city of Prattville, they know that we got a, a, a real good police force. So they, they feel safe up there themselves. So, you know, you could bring in those retired uh, law enforcement officers to sit down to, to share their experiences in law enforcement, their training that they have. And, uh, you know, what better way? I mean, I think that they would love to do that. I know if I was retired and and I was asked to come in and speak to law enforcement, I would love to do that because you never really retired in law enforcement. You know, 
because you still have a, a need or want to be able to serve and protect people. I mean, it, when you get when you get involved in doing that part of you know any part of law enforcement, you continuously want to do it, and that's why you see these law enforcement officers when they retire, they're they're breaking down because that's that's been part of their lives for so long, and to bring those people in military or law enforcement or you know one other thing is you know we have a a great uh our volunteer fire departments around the you know the county yes that that would be some excellent training for for deputies to train with those people in the aspect of you know scene security at a fire or search and rescue being able to know being on the same page when you go out there to search and rescue for a, for a kid or an elderly person or a hunter that's lost or something like that. So, you know, that's what I want to do also is tap into that resource that's there that they constantly train and um, tap into them and, and, and get some really, really good training on, on that aspect. There's, there's, grants out there for training um a lot of people shy away from the federal part of it of grants grants are a a a big asset to a a law enforcement agency to tap into and and i guess the reason that they kind of shy away from it is you know the being because if you get a grant they're going to expect you to send some paperwork in every so often to to tell how you utilize that oh absolutely that that deputy or that piece of equipment which is you know if if they're giving you money to be able to hire a deputy or a law enforcement officer um man i'd I'd be more than happy to send them in some paperwork to see how to tell them how that that money was well spent well it, it's it's called transparency and integrity and also uh, audit. That's right. You have to do some of them on a yearly audit. If they give you 20 cameras with 20 different serial numbers, they want you to report that back to them. Uh, and that, that's just nothing but an email and keeping up with stuff and auditing, knowing what you have in your department, knowing who's got what. That's and right. it's sad that a lot of people do shy away from it, but there's some great federal grants for equipment for your officers. And if, if you know, we're going in shortly to 2023 and yeah, everything changes, law changes, equipment changes. It, it constantly flows. Yes. I mean, it started out, you know, 22 years and more ago that I started. Um, we had basically a, a VCR home camera uh, to our fr- front dash of our patrol cars that we had to put a tape in every every time we went on the shift um, to body cameras that were, you know, big as a, a pin or something that we put on us. Um, these are all, this is all good equipment that I think, in my opinion, and being a, a a father of a police officer, a young police officer that, uh, I think in my opinion, 
you got to have that equipment. You can't shy away from the best equipment that you can get any law enforcement officer. And anybody that tells you any different about the use of that equipment, you know, they haven't been in here long enough. They don't have a kid or they don't, they don't have, you know, you don't have to have a kid in law enforcement to know that that's the best thing that you can have. I mean, it's, it's saved a lot of police officers lives and careers by having the equipment that you get and you got to stay on top of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do with some best equipment that you can. Because these body cameras have you, uh, you know, when you get called to the captain's office, <laughs> you know, that has saved that write-up they want to write you up about. Yeah, and if you got good leadership, it, it, it usually gets uh, stopped at your, you know, your sergeant and lieutenant's level yes. on shift because the accusation or something that went on. Um, and that goes back to knowing who you, who you got and hiring the right people, um, knowing what? knowing their you know what type of person they are and whether or not they they would be susceptible to doing something like that. Well, that goes back to transparency. That's right. I you mean, I shy, mean, you can't shy away from things that are going on. You got to jump out there. and at the, at the head on of it and, and explain to people, Hey, this is what's going This is, this is not an agency's department. This is, you know, this is the county's department. This is the city's department, wherever you work at, you got to be forthcoming with all that information and stuff. So they know what's going on, you know, and who's working for them. Um, and that goes back to the aspect of, you know, people sending, you know, complaining on, on a, an officer or a deputy or something like that, they got to be held accountable for making that ac accusation also when it's not founded. And, Mark, I've seen this happen in some of the counties in Florida. You know, I don't think, I don't know of any sheriff's departments that have done it here, at least in central Alabama. How do you feel if you're talking transparency with a community? are your citizens. I've seen where Florida counties have put out their rules and regs and their use of force uh, information on a, you know, whether a deputy, the rules of the department, they actually put it out there so that the citizens can see how that department's run. That's right. You can't, I mean, if you got a bad, a bad deputy out there or a bad police officer, um, I mean, you're here to protect and serve, and if you if you violate that trust with the public, you deserve to be put up there, um, picture blasted in a paper or something like that. When it happens, I, I mean, obviously, you know, if if it's a criminal investigation and stuff, there's certain aspects that a you know a leadership cannot do. If there's an ongoing investigation, obviously they can't post pictures and stuff like that if it's continuing yes. on. But you can jump out in front of it and, and say that, you know, there is an investigation going on of one of the, the officers or deputies or something like that. Instead of hearing about it two or three days later, a month later or something like that, or, you know, somebody leaks a story and you're having to play catch up to it. So, 
you got to be very transparent about anything that goes on. I applaud those sheriffs down in, yeah. in Florida that we all see videos and stuff of because there ain't a, there's not a criminal, whether law enforcement, somebody that's done something bad or somebody out on the street that they're, they're not blasted and the community is not aware of. So, you know, that's, that's leadership right there. That's absolute. If you want to look at leadership, look at those videos of those sheriffs and, and yeah. what they do, uh, showing these drug houses and, and, uh, putting these pictures, people's pictures up in news conferences and stuff like that. So, and I love it. I love it too. I think it's, a, I think that's the way you should do it. Whether it's a law enforcement officer that's done something wrong or a criminal on the street or a drug dealing house or something like that. I love that aspect of it. Um, to say that I'm going to be that, that person. No, but I, I will be very transparent and, um, it, you better do right here in Otago County. Um, because, uh, I'll sure let everybody know about it. And, and you know, I think America needs the accountability right now. It's not just Otago County, or Prattville, or Montgomery, or just wherever. Any agency in the United States kind of needs that now. But if you're if you're building bridges from community to your law enforcement department, a lot of this transparency fixes itself in a way. And also, I wanted to go back and tell you that any officer that's retired after 30 years, most of them keep their teaching uh, credits and stuff up to teach uh, because a lot of them do. And I love any instruction or any class that you have a retired officer is absolutely amazing to watch. And it don't matter if it's from traffic stops to, to LIDAR classes. They, they just have seen so much in their career and they mm -hmm. give you a different perspective of law enforcement that younger people should eat up and just completely absorb it because yeah, it's yeah. not what they're trained like now in 2020. Yeah. I mean, it's like sitting on the front porch with your 70 year old yes. grandfather and, and him telling you stores stories about, you know, things that he has been, been involved with throughout his and things that he's seen you, you know, when you, that's something that, you know, I miss out on and stuff like that is having a grandfather that you can sit up there and talk to and, and, and get wisdom in a way that you can, you know, this, that it's just worth, it's priceless. Um, so, I mean, you gotta have that. You gotta, you gotta make sure, you know, that these victims that, you know, that are out here are not re victimized by what the deputy does or what happens out in the community and you know that goes back to learning and understanding there's a pattern to every every criminal and things that they do places they go and that training aspect of knowing where that's at or talking to one of them old deputies or old police officers or something that's been in this community for a while and, and talking to people on the street. I mean, you, you learn so much. And I do love that aspect because you're talking about guys that carried 357 revolvers. They didn't have stream lights back then or tack lights, you or know, taser. Uh, no, taser. 
body cameras, tasers. The radios halfway worked. Um, they didn't have a cell phone, and you know that they could call no. somebody. You know, these are old school, sure enough, law enforcement officers that that had to take care of business by themselves. You know, I'm not going to say that that it's more dangerous out here now because I, I'm I'm dealing with a different aspect of it, new generations and stuff like that. Um, you hear more about law enforcement officers getting killed in the line of duty now. Um, but uh, those those old guys that were out here on the street back years ago, you can learn a lot from them about dealing with situations. You learn, you know, you see these little cocky police officers and stuff that come through now. Those older guys, and just like myself, I learned real quick that uh, your mouth gets you in trouble a lot quicker uh, when you're out there by yourself, so you might want to be able to treat somebody a little bit different while you're out there and, and try to talk them down a situation or, or, you know, out of a situation. So Absolutely. And, you know, that's just officer safety mm-hmm. um, and being aware of your surroundings. But, you know, we're getting these kids through these academies so fast. Um, I'd like to see Alabama do more – in-house training for these younger kids, especially 21 to 26. Um, because you know, I think they rush them through and you can't this just training bring, is free. You can't bring them out of the, you can't bring them out of the academy and hand them a set of keys and say, just cause you've been through a police academy and say, go have fun. Answer the calls. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like with the, the city of Prattville, they go through the, we go through the, police academy but there's also a private police academy once you get back you got a fto program that's you know anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks after that so um you know they're they're riding with a, a fto a field training officer for you know for time after they get out of the police academy so you got to constantly train constantly train you got to look at free training you got to look at you got to look at training that that officers or deputies want to do that they're interested in instead of just getting 12 ceu hours um something that's going to benefit the department when you send them to that training that they can bring back to teach to other people so you, you got to constantly train and when you don't have a training facility to do that, whether it's, you know, a, a field with a, with targets out there in a classroom, you're doing your community a, a, a disservice because then you got you got to send them somewhere else that could possibly cost money. It's going to cost time and overtime. It's going to yeah. cost time and gas money. And then we, everybody knows what the gas prices are at like right now. Um, so, when you don't have your own facility to be able to train, you're doing your community a disservice and you get what you get of the officers that are out there. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest with you. It's kind of sad to just listen to that about the training facility, having your own firing range and able to train in house because you're right. Officers, they go to these CU hours and they go to these different classes and they get certified to teach that's a great tool to use for your department to have them teach other officers. Not only does it count as CU hours, yeah, 
but it's giving more in-house training. And that goes back to just leadership with uh, boots on the ground, hands in the training for these guys, because the more a leader cares about somebody, because a real leader is going to be the first one to put the boots on the battlefield and then the last one to leave. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the basic part of law enforcement, the philosophy of law enforcement is to protect life, property, and prevent crime and reduce the fear of crime. And the only way that you can do that is constantly train these guys to be able to look for this kind of stuff, to be able to look beyond the traffic stop at the kid in the back that's crying, uh, the 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 bag that's sitting down in the floorboard in the back seat and stuff like that. You've got to constantly train these people, constantly, because if you don't, you get bad law enforcement officers. And what what does bad law enforcement officer entail? Then it, it puts a bad light on law enforcement overall. It looks bad for your department. Um, if you got those guys out here running around that doesn't have the training that doesn't buy into the law enforcement aspect of it to serve and protect, then you get those bad people out there that are, that you see in the news that, that are doing stuff that they're not supposed to be doing. that don't have the answers for the community when the community asks them a question. Um, and then you wind up getting officers that wind up suing the department, which takes more money away from, you know, your budgets and insurance and everything that your department has. So if you're not training and, and getting these and retaining the be best deputies that you can or the best law enforcement officers that you can, you're, you're totally doing a disservice to not only myself living as a citizen of Otago County, but everybody else also. And, you know, the citizens, I've had a lot the past couple of weeks of citizens in Otago County talk to me and send me articles about the narcotics. And, you know, narcotics are in every city. They're in every state. They're all over the United States. But... Going back to training and teaching your younger deputies and officers on traffic stops to me is number one importance. Um, yes. The traffic a, stop is it is people get so complacent just to get out of that car to write a ticket to send them on their way and then they'll get back on their phone and they've done missed that you know there was fourteen kilos of cocaine in the car right in front of them. Uh, there's now the liquid meth. What do they call it? Water. They put it in baby, um, bottles. The baby uh, bottles. It'll be sitting in there. You know, there's no baby in the car. Um, the girl crying, like you said, you go on traffic stop, you have a little girl crying in the back. You know, why is she crying? You know, is it, you know, do we take time to figure out, is it just because we pulled mom or dad over or is something else bigger happening right in front of us? And also the transportation of narcotics, you know, yeah. it's a lot of it. And there, people are getting bolder and people are getting just where they just won. They don't have the respect part. And they also know that a lot of people are just not going to pull me over. That's right. It's, it's uh, when you, when you have an, 
when you have an apartment that that the community knows that they can do whatever and they don't have to worry about being pulled over you're allowing that criminal element to to do what they want to do now i'm not saying that you need to have a traffic unit and you need to stop every car and all this kind of stuff try to get all these you know statistics up and about traffic stops and everything there's there's good sensible ways of doing it i have that training and experience and i've done it i've been there done that i got 14 years of narcotics experience working in the narcotics field i've done i've worked at dea task force um and and i work cases all over the place i I prosecuted people on the state federal and you know municipal level for for drug crimes um but you got to be you got to have officers out there that that are not just out there drawing a paycheck that still have a a want to do this and a want to to have a good community um you know, with my with my training and my experience and what I've done, man, I tell you, I, I've got so much I could bring to those guys. It's just, you talked earlier, you know, uh, I, I talked earlier about my canine and stuff like that. Yes. You know, the, the sheriff's department just got two canine deputies over there, which is which I think is great. I think that there should be canine officers at a department. I think that there should be a canine on each ship. That's just my opinion because I'm a canine officer and I see the benefit of having a canine. Um, but what are we doing? What are we doing with those dogs? How how are we going to utilize those dogs? Because those dogs, one, they become part of your family. Two, um, you don't want you don't want uh, a chihuahua out there running around working the street and stuff like that you don't want it to be totally a family dog so what training are you are you doing for those deputies uh, one thing that i was allowed to do with my canine when, when i got him um we not only train once a month but i saw places that i could take my canine and i went all the way up to tennessee and got certified with nadda uh, and and infery, which was you know federal level certifications for canines, I was probably one of the at the time once I got him certified, I was probably one of only four or five canines in the central Alabama re- region that was certified in that kind of way. And then I did a big because I'm big on the community thing. Uh, I worked with the Tall County Sheriff's Department at that time that had a canine, and we, we did a canine conference here. First one that was held in, in Otago County, I did a canine conference, brought in uh, people from, I brought in canine handlers from Georgia, Tennessee, Louisiana. I think there might've been somebody there from Texas and Florida, and we brought them all up here, and we did a big canine conference for uh three or four days up here and uh at the end of that we did a big demonstration for the community at uh you know at the football field down there at stanley jensen stadium where a bunch of kids and stuff came um you got to constantly not only with the canines and with the experience that i have and knowing what needs to be done for these canines um because i miss my dog every day um you got 
you got to not only take care of that canine, you got to take care of those canine handlers. So, it, it, you know, I spent so much money outside of what the private police department gave me to be able to take care of that dog because he becomes part of your family. My kids would get that dog out, canine Jake, and, and play with him in the yard. And, uh, you know, the, the stuff that outside of what we bought, what I bought that dog, I'm not asking, I would never, ever, ever ask for that money back. But that's when you become a canine handler, that's something that you do. It's because, the, you, you know, the love for the animal that you have, that animal is there with you, you know, all, you know, you're taking care of them 24 hours a day seven days a week there's no off time taking care of them you got to make sure when you and your family go on vacation yeah uh, that you got to have a place for that canine to stay uh that is safe and you feel comfortable with them taking care of that canine um there's so many aspects to it and so much stuff to look at you can't just say that you got a canine and not take care of those canine officers and canine the canine itself. No, so because that, I, that's... I've, I've got more. that training experience, and 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 I've got I know what those those handlers need to be able yeah. to take care of that that animal. And uh, you know, it, it saddens me. I and I'm not saying that the sheriff's office or any, or even my department, but I I've been around enough canine handlers and stuff, and it becomes just a community relations tool where they all it is all that canine is is something that they feed and it comes to work with them just so they can say that they got that dog yeah and that's a pet yeah it becomes a pet then and and that's not what it's supposed to be for you're doing that that those dogs have high energy yeah. and not only that people need to realize you, you can't realize what all it goes into. And, you know, when that dog's sick, you got to be able to know when that dog's sick. And, you know, and, and that department's got to be there to step up like the police department was for me in the city of Prattville when my, when my dog started to decline. You know, they were there for me. They tried to give him the best treatment that he could. I mean, that's tough. You know, that becomes part of your family. It's just like a kid that you got with you all the time. Absolutely. And it's a passion. People don't, the citizens don't realize canine officers, they have a passion for this dog and they train and they live together, but there are, they're a police officer canine and they're they're each other's partners and they're, there has to be trust. There has to be working relationship because that dog might save your life. That's right. Exactly. And right. It, you have to work the dog. You have to keep the constantly training. But it is a lifestyle. It's a law enforcement lifestyle. And all canine handlers always, I mean, you can just tell who a canine handler is just by the demeanor, the way they care about uh, people. Uh, they're there for something bigger than just being a law enforcement officer. But if you're getting canine dogs to just say, Hey, look at me, I got a canine dog. 
you basically have a, a county pet. That's right. Or a city pet. Yeah. And that's not a, fair. You're spending a lot of money on that canine and the initial training of that canine and stuff. And you're losing a lot of money for a big asset that could be for that community. I'm, I'm very jealous. I'm jealous to see that, uh, two deputies there, the tall County Sheriff's Department's got canines now. I wish I was, uh, uh, 10 or 15 years younger where I could get me a, a canine and, and, and go back doing the same thing I was doing with that canine. I enjoyed my time in law and uh, being in drug enforcement. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed riding motorcycles and Harleys for, for uh, the private police department, probably one of, one of the better jobs that I had there at the police department, but I never knew how much I enjoyed law enforcement. And when I got that police K-9 and, you know, and uh, was able to train and, and, and work him out here on the streets, finding drugs and, mm -hmm. and um, man, I, I, you, you, when you're a K-9 handler and you, then you get out of it, you become jealous of seeing somebody like that. And I hope they do a good job over there. I hope that uh, I become sheriff over there because Man, I'll I'll be hands on with those girls and and guys that's got canines over there, and we'll be looking for uh, we'll have some of the best canines you ever seen in your life at Tall County Sheriff's Department. If I get over there, um, there'll be some well trained canines. And you also can use multi jurisdictional togetherness. Yes, you got you got to train with other jurisdictions. One yes. Thing that, one thing that, you know, you got to go outside of your county and train because another county might train different, you know, and they might do things different that might be good for your canine to be able to do. I mean, that's why, man, I mean, my chief let me go to Tennessee, Loudoun yes. County, Tennessee to train to get federal uh, cert certifications for my canine, I got to go out there and see different aspects of training and, you know, of canine handlers from, you know, all over the place. And it's just like when I, when I brought, when I, we set up that, uh, that canine conference that we did here in, in the uh, city of Prattville, um, man, I got to see training in different aspects from many different jurisdictions, different ways of searching for drugs and stuff. And it was, it was some of the best experiences I've had in law enforcement, you know, outside my long drug enforcement career, working for DEA and everything that I've gotten to do with the, you know, the city of Prattville. And what's amazing about that is to get that federal training. One, it looks good for you, and it also gives you an aspect of looking at looking at this situation in a different light or different angle. And also, the department gets those kudos of having the officer trained from that federal side. And if these departments, there's a lot of great federal canine grants that are yes. out there that yes. will pay for free dogs so that you could get handlers to, you know, to train this stuff's out here free. Um, there's a lot of um, nonprofit organizations that are willing to provide the bulletproof vest for the dogs yes. where the departments don't have to pay for that. Um, 
that's one of my next goals um, is to provide a department with a couple of those vests for the dogs um, because they're expensive. And they are. Everything, and, everything yeah. that, that protects your life or protects an animal's life is going to be expensive. Vet bills. I mean, everybody. Yes. I mean, food. I uh, food, vet bills, you know, toys to, for those dogs to be, you know, to entertain tame those dogs and stuff when you're not working them when they're at your house uh, <laughs> a place for them to stay um whether it's inside your house or or in a kennel or something like that or, or building a building to there's just so many aspects of it and you got to have that person and, and it goes back to also you got to pick that right person to be able to 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 be a canine officer you can't just look at somebody and and go up to them and say, we're, we're going to get a couple of dogs um, and just look over there and go, okay, you're my next canine handler. Now, there's a lot more that goes into just pointing at somebody and telling them that they're going to be a canine handler. You got to, you got to have the right person that does it, you know? You do. You have to have the right officer that's got accountability, responsibility, has that passionate heart to, to, love and care for that animal, take care of it 24-7. But you also got to have the transparency of that officer because what are you dealing with in canine? Narcotics. You're training. Lots, lots of narcotics. Yes. You, your, your training aids are narcotics. So you're, yes. having, you're having to account for those narcotics and stuff while you're training that animal. So you got to have that right person that's able to secure and make sure that they're accountable for that, for those drugs that they're, they're training their animal with. Plus you got to have somebody with a little bit of common sense to know how to protect that animal while he's searching for those drugs and stuff too, because some of those drugs will kill those animals. Yes. And and that's one thing I wanted to segue into is the Narcan having uh, every officer, every deputy, uh, from our volunteer fire departments, our medics, our ambulance people, having Narcan, uh, having the officers have the Narcan in their uh, vehicle, um, because the fentanyl is really something that's walking into the United States. It's coming up. The cartels are pushing it. Um, the Attorney General's Office of South Carolina raided a uh, restaurant Tuesday, and it was mm-hmm. run and operated. It was a dope front for the cartels out of uh, South America, and they were moving. I mean, millions and millions of dollars worth of drugs into the country, and the fentanyl is so dangerous because it comes in powder, pill, um, and it's here. It's here in the Tri County. I know a lot of people want to frown when I post it on Facebook, but you know. It is what it is. This is real life. This is affecting kids. Um, and it's something that we got to protect our officers. Narcotics and narcotics enforcement is one of the, the main things that you need at a, at a department without good narcotics agents out there running around, uh, making these cases, um, you you really don't you you're really not doing a good job because those narcotic search warrants protects families fa- 
protects families in our communities where everybody everybody sees how it affects their communities but also i mean those search warrants and stuff that they do leads to the criminal element of stolen things that have been stolen in the community from people there you can't say that narcotics is a victimless crime because somebody that's you know you look at it right now i'd say 99 percent of the people that are out here stealing these cadillac converters off of cars are people that are, are involved in drugs you know methamphetamine and other fentanyl and everything else so um you know you got to you got to have a strong narcotics unit you're never going to stop the flow of narcotics and but you can you can act absolutely slow it down and uh you know that you got to you got to be strong in that aspect in law enforcement. You can't you can't ignore it. You got to have good leadership in there to be able to to slow that down to protect these communities. And you know it goes back to another thing is you can't you can't look at the other aspect of getting these people help that you find that are addicted to these drugs. And I'm not talking about the drug dealers. I'm talking about the, the users out here. So you got to look at a different aspect. Once you arrest them, what are we doing as a community, as a sheriff's office, as a law enforcement agency to get these people help? And uh, you got to constantly hammer that. And, and, and that goes back to, to your resources. Yeah. Knowing what resources you have to help these people. You know, Montgomery's got a brand new uh, mental health crisis center that the Tri-County can use. Uh, I know that mental health is getting to be popular in all our law enforcement uh, agencies of having people trained. Um, but just like with mental health, you know, even your career in narcotics, from the time you started to where you're at right now, don't you see it change almost like every year something changes oh, it, about it? It's totally different now. I mean, you know, I, I worked narcotics mainly during the time of the crack ep epidemic and stuff like that. Toward the end of my career, it was uh, methamphetamine and stuff like that. So, you know, I look at these guys now. Right at toward the end, you know, I started – we started uh, – I got one of the first seizures – probably in i don't know 20 something years of of heroin uh coming in into Otago county so it, it constantly changes it constantly evolves not everybody is uh you know as far as in law enforcement not everybody can be a a, a narcotics investigator you got to have some some thinking ability to be able to do that. It's just one of those things, just like being in K-9, you just can't look at somebody just because, uh, you know, their family and stuff, and they think it's going to be cool to drive around in a cool car and not wear a uniform and stuff to be a narcotics agent. You got to have somebody there that constantly thinking of ways to catch somebody in the drug trade. And, um, uh, you know, it goes back to saying what you were saying earlier about that uh, Mexican restaurant up there. I believe it was Greenville. Yeah, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, North Carolina, wherever it was. Yeah. It goes on here. I mean, 
but you just gotta you gotta be you gotta constantly be out there looking for that stuff you gotta have the right people in place let me ask you something how do you feel about having an intelligence unit or intelligence um you know whether it's two or three people um of having them separate themselves from a department to where, you know, this has happened a lot. You'll have people that are working that knows everybody that stuff gets leaked out. Uh, that could get people hurt. Um, but having some type of intelligence that can work, not, you know, not really in the department, but with the department, or uh, being able to really get the information from the community to the department. You know, you, you got to be out there in the community and listening to people. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not for these different cities or jurisdictions bringing in a community review board or anything like oh, that. Oh, no. Um, no. But, you know, if you're out in the community, you're going to, and, and you have a personality where people can come up to you and talk to you as a, you know, as me as a, a lieutenant with a private police department or a sheriff or a chief or something like that, people are going to give you that information. Um, so, you know, having a separate unit and doing, doing it different, that's something that you could look at. It's corner how many, what you you know, how you be able to utilize that. Um, I, I wouldn't say anything. I would never say no to anything um, that would help or benefit the department and make, you know, make the department better. So, Well, Mark, we're getting down to four days. May the 24th is within four days and it is, is a big deal for Otago County and everybody listening to this show tonight, Please get out and vote Mark Harrell for sheriff. You know about his background, what he stands for. He's not a politician. He is a law enforcement officer that has transparency, that loves to train, loves to build opportunities for young people and opportunities for his either officers or deputies. That's something big to say, Mark. You know, um, when you're a leader and you're wanting to build up others, that goes a long way. And everybody that's young right now is looking for an opportunity, especially in the world that we're living in. What you got four days. I mean, tell the, the podcast <laughs> listeners how you feel right now. And, you know, what you want to do as a sheriff and kind of close us out. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate this opportunity to be able to, to run as a Tall County Sheriff, a place that I love. Um, it, it's been wonderful serving for the last 22 years here in Otago County um, as a private police officer. Um, I ask that everybody come out and vote. I ask the young people to get out and vote. Um, you know, it, it takes everybody to be able to to get what we need and the safety and security of our families. I think it's a very important election. Even if I wasn't running, I, I would think it would be a very important election. I ask that everybody get out there and, you know, not only look into me and my background and, and consider me 
for the next Atauga County Sheriff. Um, but also everybody else that's running. I, I think you need to look at these people that are running that, you know, that have families, you know, that have kids and stuff that, that are bought in to our community. So I think that that's a big aspect of it. You know, people that, you know, that have grandkids that are in this community, um, we got to, we got to have a good safe place for our families to, to be able to go to the store, to the gas station without feeling like they're, you know, they're going to be robbed or shot at or something like that. Um, I feel for the people over in, a, you know, a toggle right now with everything that's going on over there, there's great people over there. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that they're, they're safe and it, and it bothers me that, that the things that are happening over there. So I, I ask that everybody get out and uh, please vote next Tuesday, May 24th. Um, I, I ask for you to please consider me, consider who all you're voting for and their background, dig deep into what they've done and, and, and you know, you can, you can promise the world of what you're going to do, but I tell you everything that I've put out, you know, we're going to start from day one to try to do for this community in Otago County, because I've got a lot of riding on it. I've got, I've got kids here. Um, my family's here. We're not going anywhere. Um, so I've got a grandkid, and uh, you know, I want to make sure that they're safe and, you know, it goes back to the leadership part of it, too. I'm not planning on staying here forever if I was to make sheriff because I want to be building the next leader for the Tog County Sheriff Department. Um, you can't stay in office forever and expect different results if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, for the safety and the security of our families, I ask that you vote for me May 24, 2022. Um, I'd be honored to have your vote. Um, and and I look forward to seeing people um, out and about. I've got a lot of events this weekend, so um, don't shy away from me. Ask me the tough questions. Um, you know, Mark, I do want to add one more thing. There was something that you did during this election process that I thoroughly thought was a great idea. I really like the concept of it. I think other agencies and leaderships of different municipalities should do it. You were going to different community centers, different churches, different um, you know parts of the county to talk and speak. Would you continue to do that? if you were the sheriff to where the communities could have an open door policy with you and whether it's once a month at a certain place or even uh, have some of your leadership deputies go and have this community where they could go. And if they had problems or something that they wanted to say, have that open door policy, would you think I, about continuing to do it? I, that's, that's a given. If I get in, um, I'm not going to sit behind the desk and expect changes or, or security of the county uh, to fall on just, you know, the deputies out here running around answering the calls. Um, I'm not going to sit behind that desk and, and expect 
something to change or something to be different. I'm going to be out there in the community, whether it's uh, holding meetings or when you see me out riding around getting out at a store or wherever, you're going to, you're going to see me out. Everybody is going to have the opportunity to, to ask me questions and, and we're going to try to solve what problems we can if I'm in office. Um, I can't, I can't imagine sitting behind a desk and uh, not coming out of that office. And uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be, that sheriff that that's going to shy away from, you know, news conferences and things that are going on in the community to get the community help either. So, uh, you know, you, you get, if you elect me, you're getting Mark Harrell. You're not getting a group of guys that I've got in line to come over there and help me run that sheriff's department. I've got the leadership ability. I've got the experience to run that department. I don't have a bunch of people to that that's going to help me in my lack of knowledge of law enforcement and what to do. Um, I, I, this is what I've done for 22 years, almost 23 years now. So I, I can do it. I know I can do it. And uh, you're going to get a leader that's out there, um, somebody in the community to help you and your families out when y'all are in need and has the compassion to uh to serve and 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 understand what you're going through well brother i'm excited for you four days Atong county please get out and vote the younger people really need to get out and vote because mark is building something for your future you know we're, we're not talking four years down the road we're talking about 10 of leadership well, I, and training I, I, I'm I'm looking to build something, and I'm not saying I'm going to be here 20 years from now because I tell you this: more than likely, I'm not um, going to be here in 20 more years as far as in law enforcement or trying to be your sheriff. But I guarantee you, with the legacy that I leave of the sheriff's department, will be a good legacy, and it'd be with some well-trained uh, deputies and law enforcement officers, um, some that treat this you know the, the community with respect um one thing i want to lead also with i want to thank all my supporters out there um continue to get out there and, and put my name out there and and get people to to actually look into me don't be blinded by um what you've heard there you know there's a lot of rumors going around out there about me and what i do and stuff like that um, if I haven't put it out and it's not on my Facebook page and I didn't, you know, this, it's not coming from me. So, you know, I try to run a clean campaign, um, I, all this dirt and all this kind of stuff. It amazes me how these campaigns on a local level like this or can mirror a, a national, you know, campaign and the things that go on, you know, you got to have somebody that's out there in the community. I've never shied away from going and to every one of these events and, and talking to people. So, you know, just ask, ask, ask people in law enforcement, what they think of me and, and, uh, the things I've accomplished. And, you know, that's, that's where you get your good information. It's not from, you know, a regular citizen out there that's never 
been in trouble, that's never had anything happen to them that I've never showed up on a call for them to say anything about. Ask these law enforcement guys how how I operate and how everything goes. I mean, I've got some good support from them, those guys, and and I appreciate my all my supporters and everybody that will come out and vote for me. So, And I appreciate you, Dave, for – allowing me to be on your podcast you know we we don't have a close relationship we have people in common that we know and we've developed a relationship recently in the last you know six seven eight months and uh you know we talked back and forth and uh, i appreciate what you've done for me as far as in my campaign and stuff like that um just helping me out and giving me a voice on your podcast. Well, Mark, I appreciate you. I, I, I believe in what you have to do, and I believe in, in you as a person. And I just look at all this law enforcement across the state. And with your training, your leadership, um, you know, it, it's you're the right man for the job to take it into the next level. And also, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm excited. It's like uh, the fourth quarter of a football game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it, too. I, I've, I've gained a lot of support, um, a lot of positive things that came out of this, the relationships that I've built, I built with different people throughout this, people that I didn't know and, you know, people that, that stood by me, um, you know, and the ones that, initially stood by me and then you know other things happened and and they chose a different route which you know i honor that you know i honor their decisions and stuff like that i mean that's that's part of being in the great country that we are in um i'm never gonna i'm never gonna endorse another candidate or anything like that as far as uh another race that's going on or something like that um some will I'm not that person. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to pick sides. I know, I know what it takes to run a campaign now and it takes a lot of money. And, uh, luckily I've held my own as far as, you know, what money me and my wife's put in. I've never asked for donations from any, anybody big donors or anything like that, or, you know, people that would expect something once I took office, I don't owe anybody anything. If I get into office, um, other than I ask for their support. Um, but you know, the money part of it and stuff like that, you can go to the secretary website, secretary of state website, and you can see that me and my wife's put in the money for this campaign and stuff. And it's not been somebody that if I, if I was looking at another candidate, would put in money you know I, I appreciate those few supporters that i have that's gave me a little bit of money uh to run my campaign um but you know nobody owes me anything you get mark harrell with my training experience if you if you elect me may 24 2022 awesome mark well thank you for the interviews and man good luck and just keep pushing we're gonna keep pushing uh, four more days. That's right. And, uh, you know, we'll keep this up. If, uh, if I was to get in the office, you know, I want to be totally transparent 
and one way of doing it is doing a podcast like this for people to listen. So you get me in, if, if they vote me into office, we'll keep yeah. in touch and we'll continue this. Um, so absolutely. Everybody please get out and vote. Um, and, uh, do your research on these candidates. If they ain't got a family that they're protecting, they they're not going they're not going to protect your family. So, I appreciate everybody and uh, vote Mark Harrell. Awesome. Good night. God bless. God bless everybody. God bless you. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.